What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Happy Friday. Hope you're having a good week. This, of course, is Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by Seth Ott. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, of course, Jared Buckendall as well. What is going on, people? We have the reels lotioned up, and we're about to get those projectors uh, going. Yeah, we lubed up We lubed up the wheels, and uh, we're going to get them spinning here. We are socially constipated. This, of course, is the entertainment outhouse, getting ready to send you into the weekend with some movie and TV news, some reviews from last week, and uh, let you know what's coming up here so you can get off to a good entertainment weekend. Coming off of our live recording of this show last week, want to thank everybody that joined us back on the 28th for our live entertainment outhouse recording we haven't scheduled our next live show yet but there will be more of those so keep an ear out um, and keep an eye out on our website sociallyconstipatedpod.com <laughs> i'm so excited to break that one out <laughs> oh hell yeah this show is going to the moon to the moon yes we need to go to space We're off to a great start uh spies <laughs> Head over to the website and comment on the episode. Uh, you can link in the description box right to the show page. Join in the conversation. Let us know what you think about what we're talking about. Don't forget to join the mailing list and follow our social media profiles as well. Um, lots of cool Boom. stuff coming out. So if you're not well connected uh, with Socially Constipated yet, get her done. Get it. And we're going to get this episode done and get you off to your weekends here. I thought it was a really good movie weekend last week. We are going to review some some pretty cool films, get into a couple of stories. Before we do get to those headlines, though, we're going to start off with a little game time, bringing Ooh. back the most exciting sounder we have. We are going to run into a socially constipated second draft. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite sounder. Holy shit. Oh, wow. Excited about that one. All righty. All righty. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Second draft for those who don't remember. Do you need a little Waiting bit more warming up? <laughs> <laughs> Got to psych yourself up for this one. Second draft. Uh, I take a plot synopsis for a movie I pull off the Internet Movie Database. I've taken out six words from this synopsis. Where they will be replaced with six words of Cody and Jared's choosing. Then I will read back the uh, the plot synopsis with those inserted words. They will try to guess the movie based off of this fucked up second draft Ooh, well i already know what it is do you fuck them up what's your guess it is home alone ah damn it yep close it down that's (laughs) so you each will get to choose three words the first one it's a uh relative uh who would like to go first i believe i went first last time so cody it is you oh it is my turn relative hmm i'm gonna say kyle (laughs) everyone's got a kyle no we need like a different uh like a like a type of relative Oh, uh, dorky. <laughs> no. Wait, what? I don't, what? You said a type of relative. My relative's dorky. Your Cousin, great. brother, mom, dad. Oh. <laughs> the, uh... Well, now I don't feel like I can go with brother. That feels basic. I'm going to say, let's get a wacky one here. Let's get brother. a, um... <laughs> I don't know what the what the synopsis is going to be, so I don't know if I want to in, introduce step-siblings into the, uh... I'm going to say second cousin twice removed. Okay, that's a good one. All right. How come that's the one cousin that's always getting all the publicity in these movies and shows? I don't know. I think because it rolls off the tongue nicely. Just like say second cousin twice removed. It just just rolls right off the tongue. Sure does. 
<laughs> Jared, give me an occupation of some kind. I'm second cousin twice removed. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to say orthopedic surgeon. Ooh. Okay. I really. <laughs> wow, I set myself up for that. You sure did. That was awesome. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. That was a miracle. I love it. All right, these last, these last four are, aren't quite as exciting, but it does give you a lot more freedom. We just need a noun, person, place, or thing. Oh, wow. Uh, thing. No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm going to whoop you. <laughs> I'm just Josh. I'm not going to do that the whole time. Let's go with hurdle. Ooh, that's a good one. Hurdle. Going that's Olympic. I like it. All right. Jared, need another noun. I, I think it's got to be turtle. <laughs> Gosh, that takes me back to my old high school track days. We would warm up uh, in our practices. We'd do turtle hurdling. Mm -hmm. And uh, super, super fun. A lot of tall turtles in northeast Iowa, so it's tough. I don't think I could stretch enough to to pull one of those off anymore. (laughs) Yeah, you get old, you get tight. (laughs) Cody, I need one more noun. I'm going to say Coliseum. Ooh, dang. This is is a good... Whatever this movie is, I'm buying in instantly. I forget right. that the harder, the wackier words we pick, the harder the game is. But I, I'm okay with this. This part of the game is more fun. It's gonna make absolutely zero sense. And then finally, Jared, I need an adjective. <sighs> Driving. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. That's a verb. My bad. Ah, oh, you're right. Well, it could be an adjective. Driving rain. That's a that's yeah. a way of describing rain. Um, slippery. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is going to make zero sense. Okay. Hopefully we hear Slippery Coliseum. <laughs> oh, fingers crossed, baby. Let's go. No, not quite. All right, here is the plot synopsis with this very strange set of words here. All right. After his second cousin twice removed falls under the influence of an orthopedic surgeon, an everyday hurdle transforms himself into the turtle, <laughs> a coliseum with the best intentions but lacking in slippery skills. Holy shit. Wow, we really uh, cogged up this machine here. <laughs> I don't know. I think this sounds fine as is. I don't know if we need a second draft. This is incredible. You want me to reread it again? Please uh, do, please. several times. All right. Yes. <laughs> After his second cousin, twice removed, falls under the influence of an orthopedic surgeon, an everyday hurdle <laughs> transforms himself into the turtle, a coliseum with the best intentions, but lacking in slippery skills. Oh, I think I know this. But uh, that's a, this is good. This is a good one. But I'm almost certain I know what it is. Jared, you want to take you want to take a stab at it? I uh I I I can picture the movie in my brain, but I am not getting a movie. I'm sure right after you say it, I'm gonna be like, oh duh. Maybe I don't know. It, it's I know it's not a super uh super well known movie, but I I know why we have it. Um, it ties in with a film coming out this weekend, and I like this movie quite a bit. So I think our our hurdle turned turtle. <laughs> is uh, an everyday guy who becomes a superhero. And that's and the way I was I'm, going. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that it's Rain Wilson and Super is is our, our subject here. Am I right on that, Seth? You, you are correct, sir. Ah, good call. I'll read off quickly the, the actual synopsis. 
After his wife falls under the influence of a drug dealer, an everyday guy transforms himself into the turtle. No, uh, mm-hmm. Crimson Bolt, a superhero with the best intentions, but lacking in heroic skills, not slippery skills. Gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha. I've never actually seen this movie. I just know he has a red outfit and a wrench. Yeah, it's pretty good. You'd enjoy it. I, it's super fun. I'm not Man. a. I'm not a huge. Oh yeah, I didn't even mean to do that. Uh, I'm not the biggest James Gunn fan, like in general, but this is one of his I really like. It's probably my favorite James Gunn movie, if I sit and think about it. Um, Rain Wilson's super dope. You have Ellen Page, uh, or sorry, um, Elliot. Elliot Page, yeah, in in a pretty fun role in that one. It is gruesome at parts. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, be, be, be prepared for it to be more violent than you're expecting, but super, super fun. And it's just light. And Kevin Bacon is in it, shockingly. And, really? And the old yeah, Bacon. He's, he's actually super funny in it. He's the villain of the movie. Is there, is there like a line or a bit in there where he says that his outfit is red so then blood doesn't show up? That's why mine would be brown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that guy wore the brown pants. <laughs> there you go. Oh, wait. That's from Deadpool. That's what that line is from. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought you were doing a bit. Yeah. Oh, no. I actually was like, that's from a movie, but I can't figure out what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, that's Deadpool. A little slow tonight, fellas. Yeah, that's okay. We're just getting up to speed. By the way, for that same reason, I usually wear a white mask when I go out on the weekends. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking later about a green belt, and uh, that, that one does not fit into, uh, into our thing here. So Big Jizz episode. Yeah, Big yeah. Jizz episode. I hope that's not the title. I hope something <laughs> happened that I don't have to type If so, the SEO for that will be outrageous. Yeah, people remember that. Wow. Big jazz episode. How about that? No, no. We later on, a review of La La Land. Uh, <laughs> and, and Soul. Soul. <laughs> yeah, it's going be a big Maybe jazz Maybe Ma Rainey's back bo- Black Bottom. Uh, there yes. you go. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Big jazz episode here in the outhouse. Just wrapping up here. <laughs> With our uh, socially constipated second draft. Oh, with jazz. An everyday hurdle transforms himself into the turtle. <laughs> the hurdle yeah. turtle. Glad we got that. Uh, yeah. Super. Let's give Super the retro recommend. That's a good one. I'm going to take you back in time. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Go check that one out. Get you, get you situated for your James Gunn this weekend. We'll talk more about what's coming up. In a little while, that's going to wrap up game time for our socially constipated second draft. Woo! Love that sounder. Top Maybe if five. I added some bass, I should add some bass to yeah. it. I think that like one every gets real, key stroke is doom. That one yeah. gets you real jizzed up, huh? It really does. Yeah, very jizzy. Wait a minute. <laughs> well, we're going to keep the jazz flowing and step into the uh, bathroom here. Make yourselves comfortable. We're going to do a little bathroom reading here. Sitting on the toilet. Sitting on the toilet. Smacking noises abound. We are here in bathroom reading. Going to take a look at a couple of headlines. Seth, we're going to start with Disney. This probably happens all the time, but you usually don't see it in the news. Disney being sued. And I think this is a case that could potentially have big implications like throughout the entertainment industry. Uh, pretty, I think, a shocking story that came out, but it, it'll be interesting to see where this one goes. Disney in a little bit of legal hot water, maybe. Ooh, yeah. They're losing all their money. They're going broke. Sell um, your stock now. <laughs> sell, sell. Yeah, ScarJo skewing. Suing Disney. Uh, over <laughs> over the uh, release of Black Widow. 
do we know exactly how much he was set to like make off of the release of it at all? I, I know it was tied to. to yeah, yeah I got an article. I'm here. guessing a percentage because I know like almost all of the Marvel actors had like after a certain point had a percentage deal, or at least the big ones I think had a percentage deal, and so I'm assuming she was the same, but who knows? But suing Disney because the the first week of when of release was great, but then after that it fell off because of Disney Plus, and it made most of its money on Disney Plus afterwards. So she ain't getting as much money. She was paid here, Seth. Uh, Twenty million is what Disney is saying she was paid. She says she should have gotten more, like fifty, okay. based on mm-hmm. what the back end deal so, would have been. Yeah, so that's quite a bit of money. Um, How is she gonna survive? I I know. No uh, more I guess. avocado toast for you, ScarJo. Mm. <laughs> Colin Joseph is going to have to write two TMNT movies instead of oh, one. No. Hopefully so, the hurdle turtles will save her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the heels of that, Emma Stone is looking at doing the same thing because of Corella and all that too, which that came out in an earlier time when theaters weren't quite as hopping again. Um, there was kind of like the beginning of stages of theaters opening up. So that one, I don't know if she has as much of a, of a complaint on, but do you guys agree with her? Do you think that that she should maybe get more because of the the deal and changing circumstances, or do you agree uh, with with Disney's take here that it was distasteful to ask for her to ask for more because of uh, yeah, the current they, COVID COVID time? But. They kind of slandered her with the comment back, and I was like, oh damn, we gotta we gotta we got some internet uh, celebrity uh, movie drama right here. Yeah, the quote is, there is no merit whatsoever to this filing. The lawsuit is especially sad and distressing in this callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of COVID-19. And then they ended it with a, ho Yeah, ha wow. Signed, Mickey. What's a shame is that, like, I, I can say, fuck you, Disney, all I want. And it doesn't matter. Like... If there are any, like, antitrust people who listen to our show, like, shouldn't you be looking at Disney? Like, it doesn't matter what happens to them. They're going to be fine. So, oh, at like, this point, yeah. I, I think this is dumb for a few reasons. Let me first start by saying, I know Scarlett Johansson is privileged. Everyone fucking knows she's rich. But I do think she has a legal leg to stand on here. They decided the release date. They altered the terms of the deal. I don't know what the contract itself said and whether or not it was inclusive of that as a potential outcome. But... From what I understand, uh, and I admit this is a limited perspective, she was told you're going to make money on the back end, and then they took that back end away by putting it on Disney+. Plus. I don't know if she gets a portion of those Disney Plus premium uh, sales or not, but in either case, they made a decision that they knew was going to end up paying her less and didn't restructure. I I also think, uh, and this is somewhere in this article, she and her people went to try to restructure, and they like ignored the calls and like didn't want to talk about it so they know what they were doing here yeah and like (laughs) if you're of the opinion that like scarlett johansson has enough money you don't think disney has enough fucking money like if we're talking about getting her from 20 million to 50 million give her 30 million dollars put out a fucking two minute pixar short and and you'll make that back in five minutes open up the park for one day Mm -hmm. yeah and I, i think they're they're concerned that you know, that Emma Stone will come back and do this and other actors will come back. And I think they should. They didn't sign up for that shit. You know, I'm okay with the theater and and at-home releases being simultaneous. Fine. But that's not what they signed up for. And so regardless of whether or not you think that she got enough money or 
the COVID nineteen thing is so gross to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that is especially so from that, that from a multi billion dollar company that has a mouse as their mascot. That Ooh. felt so gross. Yeah, like you're saying, just like really, you went there. Gorsh, gorsh, Mickey. And like, if if it's so sacred that you're not supposed to go there during these trying times, these unprecedented times, maybe don't put your fucking Disney movies out during these trying times. You know what I mean? I am firmly on the side of Scarlett Johansson here, regardless of whether or not she needs this money. She was promised it to some degree, and Disney made it so that, you know, she couldn't get it. So there are not going to be a lot of these cases because this situation isn't going to happen many times, hopefully, as we move out of this COVID time and, and the contracts are being kind of probably adjusted and things like that. But I do think um, that she should get what she's owed here and what she's earned. Uh, it seems to me like a slam dunk. And Disney just is making itself look like a, the biggest, dumbest dickhead. Like, they could, this could have never become public. They could have mm-hmm. given her $30 million without thinking about it. And now we're all talking about it. Now there's going to be more of these lawsuits. To me, this is, I'm, I'm very much Team ScarJo here. I don't know what you guys... Are you guys in agreement, or is anybody on the mouse's team here? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, ultimately, it's just like um, you're in the mouse's team. What? Yeah, me and fucking Mickey are gonna go spend all the money on uh, getting Walt's genes revived so we can bring him back to life. And, they have his uh, frozen head downstairs I in know. the park. We're gonna recreate him. Re- he's gonna be reanimated, and we're gonna take on the world together. It's God gonna be damn. awesome. About time Disney got racist again. <laughs> Again. I've been waiting for years, man. <laughs> Act um, like it never left. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, Cody, I don't think it, this needed to be public at all from either side, really. Um, I think that if ScarJo wanted to sue, she could have done it without there being some sort of announcement. But overall, it's it's it. Yeah, it's it's corporations that are money hungry, and that COVID comment still kills me though. Like that's that to me is the the, the grossest thing of it all. It's like blaming her suing even if they came back and just said we find this we find this lawsuit i don't know frivolous or you know we don't take it seriously and just ended it there i think that's i think you look less bad mm-hmm. than blaming COVID on it i think people are less upset and probably that the story might even just go away after that point it's like we we don't take this seriously that's it but then you throw COVID on it you just look so desperate and awful and greedy it's that that's the thing that got me about it yeah yeah especially that like i think the thing is and i've seen a lot of people be like oh i'm not going to talk about this or this is lame they're fighting over millions of dollars i can't connect to this or whatever which sure i can't connect to this at all but the thing is via business everyone when you do business you have a contract say i go buy a car and then all of a sudden they're like no your car costs ten thousand dollars more I'm going to cause, I'm, you know, I'm going to go after it or whatever. I'm going to find, you know, find a way of potentially either getting what I am owed or not having to pay as much. And I think that that's the case here where it's business, it's a contract. I mean, Warner Brothers, you know, had to eat it because they put Wonder Woman and all those other movies on streaming and had to pay out the people. You know, Disney, yeah. from what it sounds like, didn't even want to have talks and just went ahead, like, went ahead with it. Like, oh, we we own this movie. And it's like... What about the people that worked on the movie? You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, we're hearing about Scarlett Johansson, but I'm curious if there's, you know, maybe a director or other people that are somehow, oh, yeah, maybe I didn't get paid as much either. You got, you also mentioned the whole Emma Stone fiasco or situation. I don't think this is going to be the end and not just Disney. I'm wondering if all streaming platforms this might fall into unless they did have those stipulations or those talks 
ahead of time. One funny thing that really came out of this that I just had to laugh at is that Gerard Butler came out trying to file a claim that he was owed $10 million from Olympus Has Fallen, and that movie's over 10 years old. (laughs) Yeah. And I thought it was a joke at first, but yeah, he was saying the same thing where I guess he, and again, it's not the same situation at all because that did not go to streaming or anything. You know, that movie happened, maybe he's blaming it on the housing crisis. I don't know. (laughs) But it was just very baffling because the thing is, I think there's going to be a handful of celebrities that might do this. Well, yeah, I think there's a lot in here about just the changing landscape of things. So, like, expanding this beyond ScarJo, there's a couple kind of moving parts here. One is going to streaming because you can make something, and I don't know whether or not this is what Gerard Butler was talking about, but, for example, you put Olympus Has Fallen on Netflix, I'm pretty sure that he gets none of that money. And so he's now cut out of that. If they continued to sell DVDs or what or purchased streams, I think then he does. But... They don't get paid because Netflix added, you know, subscribers. Same goes for WB and Disney. They don't get paid. ScarJo may have been paid on the $30 charge of these, but beyond that, they're not paid based on how many streams. And so is this a way for the studios to to shield themselves from these back-end deals and paying these actors a ton of money? I think that's one aspect. How do these actors get paid for these huge movies if Disney can just put them out in a way that reduces their ability to get paid? It's going to make agents really important that they pour over those contracts and make sure that that's not going to happen. The other piece of this is, and this article references this, how important is ScarJo in this? Or in general, how important is the actor, whoever it may be? This article says that, for example, people don't pay to see Chris Evans. They pay to see Captain America. And I think that gets at the question of, in the MCU or maybe even beyond, if this is going to be how it is now, and these studios are going to be getting sued by these big-name actors because they want more money, it would stand to reason, and this is the type of shit Disney would do, that they just stop hiring A-list actors. You think there aren't a million actors who would love, I'll fucking be in the MCU, and they don't need to pay me very much. They know that. And so you could see Disney start to fuck you to the actor that way. And I tend to believe that replacing the actor in most cases is would not work in the MCU, for example. In other movies, sure, hire someone cheaper. But names do put butts in seats or get people to click on shit. Chris Pratt's bad movie just made however much, got however many streams on Amazon. Like, it matters who was in the movie, I think. Disney doesn't seem to want to admit that. So, I don't know. Any You guys, any thoughts on, like, just uh, putting on streaming and getting actors paid and then also the importance of the actor relative to, to the movie in general? Like, should they should she be making $50 million off of Black Widow or is she worth much less than that? I mean, the thing is, they did negotiations or contracts, I'm sure, and then it was a thing where, you know, you can't, I mean, I guess you could replace the actress, but that'd be very jarring for a 10-year well, franchise and everything, you know? They could now with the, the multiverse stuff. They can definitely, what what has happened right now, they could definitely do that, so if they don't want that character to go away, they could mm-hmm. they could find a way to do that. But I'm curious one thing, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if a movie plays on TV... They get, I'm assuming, pennies, right? Yeah, I There's think. There's royalties for that, yeah. Yeah. So, th- I think based off of, like, when it plays and the ads and all that stuff is how the royalties end up getting paid. So, yeah, like, some people can get it. Like, I've I've heard celebrities say they get checks for, like, yeah, like, pennies or dollars or and stuff like that for reruns or mm-hmm. what movie plays on thing. But, like, you know, like, stuff in syndication, like TV, I know, is, is way bigger. Like, Friends, those guys yeah. still make a lot of money off of that shit. 
Yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking too is like, sure, you know, maybe you're getting a check a dollar every time the movie plays where it's not going to necessarily pay the bills, but I'm sure it's going to add up after the fact. With streaming, I'm wondering if they're going to be like, wait, wait a minute. If this movie's on here, I should be getting paid. So either they're going to have to make more money up front or streaming costs are going to go up and we're going to have to be the ones footing the bill. That would be hard to to really correlate, I guess, with because you don't you have so much shit on a streaming service and people are watching so much different stuff. It's like how do you how do you say that this directly easy way when Netflix says lease is a movie, there would be an extra fee of X amount that would go towards the actor or actress to have that movie on the platform. Yeah. Right. A portion, rather than, a portion of it be dedicated to royalties. Yeah, rather than streaming yeah. numbers, like, hey, you get $100 every million views, it would just mm-hmm. be a, probably an upfront, easy, fixed cost. Yeah, but that then some actors would want more for their yep. movie, and then yeah. some other, some would want less, and blah, 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 blah. I don't you'd have to back. You'd bake, you'd bake that in before the movie. So in the same way that ScarJo got a back end deal, there'd be a clause in your contract that says if we sell to a streaming service, X percent of that lease goes to. Oh, me. I like see. That would okay. be handled ahead yeah. of time. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. I think that makes a ton of sense. I kind of thought that's how it already was, but it sounds like no. That they buy it from the studio. The studio owns it. And you know, it's I. It's not a stretch. I would bet to say that the studio wants to cut the actors out as soon as possible. Like they, <laughs> the studio. The studio thinks it made the movie. You know, if they could pay them $7 an hour to do it and then kick them out, like, they would do that. But you got to remember, too, guys, on these Marvel movies especially, they're making, they're doing the acting in these movies, but the amount of press that they do, the amount of, yeah. you know, if they didn't do go on Fallon as, like, with their group of people and all that stuff, how much less people are seeing, now it's the MCU now, but, like, over the course of time and in movies in general, it's not just acting that these guys are doing. They're the spokespeople right. for the movie. They're out there pushing it. I think they should get paid as much, huge amounts of money. And this movie made way the fuck more than $50 million. So, like, pay her. And especially in this case, it's the last time you got to deal with her. So, mm-hmm. I, Seth, what do you think? If they, like, let's say they got into a contract dispute with Chris Pratt and then they just recast him in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Do you feel like that would be a mistake on Disney's part or if or for a reasonably similar looking and acting actor is would it just be fine you think and worth well, the money that Disney would save? Did you see also that what if it comes out in a couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um like everyone returned for their voice except for Batista. <laughs> Dave Batista's not Drax in that. Um and ah. Disney didn't Disney didn't even ask him to do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Actually, a quick thing. It wasn't everyone that came back because I think that, you know, Robert Downey Jr. and a few of those people, obviously way too expensive. But, you know, like Don Cheadle and a handful of those people did come back. But, yeah, the Drax thing, he was like, I was never even asked. Like, everyone I think was asked. That's a whole other thing of, like, hey, where can we cut corners, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, to your original question, um, I I mean, it would be jarring for sure, but I feel like – with the current state of Disney, they could or Marvel, they could probably explain it away if they really needed to. It it would be weird, but I think people would get over it. I I think the overall question of like stars, like for the most part, you couldn't do that. I think there there's going to be people upset. Yes, the characters are bigger than the actors in a lot of cases nowadays, but those characters are also the actors too. You know, like mm-hmm. I mean, if they would have replaced Robert Downey Jr. You know, if, if Tom Cruise would have been Iron Man and Iron Man 2, people would have been like, what the fuck? Because he did such a good job with that. If a character is beloved, it's 
and probably in large part to the act because of the actor. So it doesn't mean that 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 person who loves Iron Man is going to go see Due Date, but they still are going to be mad if Robert Downey Jr. isn't, you know, Iron Man, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and another strange thing that, again, I'm sure this is a lot of business talk, peoples, but, like, an Iron Man action figure, you're not going to see Tony Stark's face potentially. But if you're going to buy a Black Widow one, that would have her somewhat likeness. So it's kind of like, where does that money go? If that's entirely her likeness like i'm assuming like you know shirts movie posters stuff like that i would bet you they would they probably change the proportions of the action figures so that they can say it's not them and that mm-hmm. it's the character instead the, the the superhero example is a specific one but i think disney like if their stance is people don't watch captain america or people don't watch chris evans they watch captain america then why are you paying him so much to do them yeah right. yeah you know what i mean you've already admitted you're wrong about that point or you would have stopped, you would have already not hired him. And you wouldn't have just hired all of these other super famous people that they just fucking hired for all of these movies that they're yet to do. They wouldn't have hired Angelina Jolie for The Eternals if it didn't matter what actor's playing that character. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And she's getting paid a bunch. Which so the like, thing is, I don't think it did matter. I They're definitely cashing in on a name there. Yeah, of course. Could, we don't could, know, the movie we don't have know been any, okay? Yeah. Sure. But you need star power to, to sell a movie, to get mm-hmm. people to go see it. And they know that. It's the same reason why they fucking hire stars and all this stuff. It's like, I, I would get more acting work if it didn't matter who acted in shit. You know what I mean? Like, a name matters, and that's worth money. So, I don't know. We Yeah, we've talked a lot about this, but it, it could, could be the kind of thing that becomes important um, for some of these folks, at least. And I want them to get paid. Fuck Disney. Disney's not a person, you know? We'll see what happens in the lawsuit, but I, I don't know a lot of people that are, aren't, that are rooting for Disney here. It seems like a silly thing to do. One person that I do root for is Travis Scott. I, I'm almost certain I've not heard a Travis Scott song. There, there's a real possibility uh, that I haven't. I'm probably wrong about that, but you hear this guy pop up in ways that you don't expect all the time. He had the McDonald's combo meal last summer, and uh, he's been on Fortnite. He's one of the first to do that, a couple other things. So recently, his latest creative venture, which I'm interested in, is he signed a production deal with A24. And so his uh, Cactus Jack Films is the name of uh, Travis Scott's company. And he's working on an album that apparently will have a film project along with it. And again, it's going to be produced by A24. So I think this is cool. I I think Travis Scott is one of those guys that's multi-talented. This could be interesting. Whether or not it's a good movie, I think it's an interesting marketing decision uh, for him and for A24. I've started to see A24 as the home for like real creative shit. They've built for with me a reputation. Like if A24 is putting something out and it looks creative, I know that it is because it's A24. So that they've chosen to tie themselves to Travis Scott here is I think interesting and telling. And it means that I'm probably going to go see whatever this is. So I guess the question I would pose to you guys is, well, the first one would be this. Are you interested in seeing people who you don't otherwise know as filmmakers like try it? Like, so, you know, you're not seeing other movies by Travis Scott, but is this something you're open to seeing some celebrities from other worlds coming in and, and making a movie of theirs? Is, so, is that something that interests you at all? Or is this a fuck off, stay in your lane kind of thing? Nah, dude, bring new people in. I mean, it's different visions and stuff. I mean, he's already taken over the fast food menu, so why not give him a movie? Yeah, I don't know if I really have an opinion either way. Um, sure, give a shot. I'll, I guess if it looks good, I'll watch it. <laughs> I love everything A24. We're going to talk about an A24 movie in just a little bit, but I love everything they're putting down. I don't know. I guess I'm just curious on what uh, what it is. I mean, right now we have a name and we have a 
couple blank sheets of paper, you know? Yeah, not too much going on here. We'll have to see what they put out, but love the creativity here all around. I, I agree with Seth. Give it a shot. I hope it I hope it's good. I support stuff like this. I think give me some out of the box shit, you know. There's a thousand movie producers that have produced a hundred movies and they all look the same. So give me something fresh. And A twenty four is pretty good at doing that. So I'm here for this. Uh, that's all of our headlines for this <gasps> week. Just a couple of them. So we are going to uh, wrap up our bathroom reading right there. Sitting on the toilet. Now flush. All right, get that flushed Ooh. down, and we move on. We're going to take a look at some of the films. I think an excellent movie weekend. Excited to talk about it a little more in this week's reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it! I hated it! Seth, why don't we start with you here? Uh, you went back a couple of weeks and saw the latest Nick Cage offering. I'm fascinated. I'm on the edge of my seat to hear about this movie. It's called Pig. Ooh-wee! <laughs> Suey! Suey! In this one, he's more of a pig protector than a mat protector. <laughs> is the villain Kevin Bacon? It is. Oh, nice. This one uh, takes place in Cody's neck of the woods. It takes place in Oregon. Nick Cage is off living by himself. His name's Robin. He's living by himself in, uh, in a cabin out in the woods in Oregon. He's a truffle hunter. He's got his pig who's a truffle pig. And uh, just kind of a recluse hanging out by his lonesome. He uh, works with Alex Wolf in this movie. He's actually Alex Wolf. He's a former Naked Brother. No, nice. um, he's it's, it's not him. He's he's a businessman uh, who's trying to h- hide his giant mole with a mustache. Doesn't work very well though. Can still see it. And he <laughs> takes the truffles from Nick Cage and then sells them. One night, someone comes in, beats up Nick Cage, and takes the pig. And so the movie's about Nick Cage trying to go and find his pig with the assistance of Alex Wolf, um, which I didn't I didn't know that Alex Wolf was in that much of the movie, but he it's it's those two palling around the whole movie. Dang, um, buddy I, cop movie. Kind of. I was kind of expecting this to be a little bit more of like a John, not like exactly like John Wick, but a little bit more of like an intense movie. Like you know he's gonna he's gonna beat some up if he needs to, but definitely not bad. It's way more of an it. I guess maybe not emotional but more of a like you said almost like a buddy movie you know those two hanging out nick cage like i said he's cut off to the world he's a recluse so it's a lot about him i guess discovering relationships again in a way kind of going through his past life before becoming a, a recluse and you know before his life with the pig but i really really liked it a lot i i didn't expect uh nick cage to be subdued um i you know I, I expected him to be a little bit crazier and he's he's pretty he's pretty he doesn't say a lot in the movie um he doesn't scream at the top of his lungs for uh, what, what's he saying kick ass cody when he screams now switch <laughs> <laughs> better believe no. i got that shit loaded up <laughs> none of that he did not do that in this one um just very doesn't say a lot pretty soft-spoken but he's his character's awesome. Ultimately, uh, going back into you know, I guess I think it takes place in Portland for the most part. You know, going back into that world and and kind of discovering people again and stuff. I, I thought it was really really interesting. Um, this is also on VOD now. I think it just came on VOD this week, so don't you have to go to the theater to go see this one now? You can check it out. One hundred percent recommend this movie. Ninety minutes long, tight Ooh, ninety minutes, tight ninety, um, tight 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 tight. Tight. It's you know it's not like you know a lot of people are saying it's the acting role of Nick Cage's career and stuff like that. I, I mean I I haven't seen him do a lot uh, other than 
you know, some bad movies and kick ass. So I, I can't really judge that, but he's really good in it. I'll say that. So yeah, I, I would definitely say, check this out. It's a lot different than you might expect hmm. in a good way. So you're saying Nick Cage has got some acting chops. No, no. <laughs> Nicely done, sir. Wow. Well, th- 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 that's all folks for that <laughs> review. Um, we are going to roll on Sea Pig. Uh, it is available on VOD and in some theaters still now. Uh, I do want to go check this out. I, I actually bought a ticket at one point and then ended up not going, but I do want to go see this. I've heard only good things. No, you so. can stay home now. It's uh, on VOD. Even better. Yeah. $6 or $7. Oh, it's dang. Seven bucks. Oh, dang, yeah. I will be 20. watching it then. There we go. Pig, check it out. I'm going to talk briefly about a documentary that I watched on Apple uh, TV+, Plus, which is now a relevant streaming app for me because it exists on all the devices now and i finally i've been wanting to see this for like a year and a half ever since i found out it was coming out boys state this is a documentary about a real sort of summer camp experience that happens and i actually did this myself which is is why i'm so excited to to see this doc boys state is essentially this week-long camp that boys going into their senior year of high school do. There's also a girl's state and it's the same idea just for girls. American Legion's put this on so it's the idea of it. I actually found out they don't talk about this in the documentary but Boy State was founded in part as a response to some German camps that Hitler like would put his, like the kids through to get them indoctrinated and shit. It was in response to that to create like good strong Americans and so you learn a lot. Really the whole point of it is to learn about government. And so you, they bring people, a certain number of people from every county or a certain total number of people all come together at this camp. And what you do is essentially you build a government with kids. And so every job in the government has to be filled. So there's cops in this place. There's a mayor of each town, which a town is basically like your cabin if you think of a summer camp, but it's usually held in places that aren't like around a lake. So you've got mayors, you've got state troopers, you've got attorney general there's a governor of the entire thing it's like the top shit you can do in the whole camp so it's like the biggest popularity contest ever it's kind of fucking awesome (laughs) and so you go you learn about government you decide what job you want to have you run an actual campaign and then there's an election and the boys state votes and elects these positions and then you spend the last day or two like doing that job so if you're in the state senate you draft some bills if you're the governor, you you sign them and everything in between. So that's what Boy State is. This documentary follows a year of Texas Boy State, which is it's Texas, so it's way bigger. When I went to Boy State in Iowa, there were like 600 people there, and in the Texas one, I think there were 1,100. So it's a huge thing, and they split you up by party, and you go through the entire process. It's actually super interesting. It sounds nerdy as fuck, but it's crazy fun. They introduce you to some of the key players in this year's camp, some of the people especially running for governor. You follow a couple people very closely that are in the governor race, and you get really invested in these guys uh, and and what they want to do. Also, it being Texas, they are really, and it, it was recent. I went in 09. This was probably from 18 or 19 is when they shot this one. So these kids are way more well-informed about what's going on in government. So they're talking about actual shit. They're debating gun rights and electing people based on their stances on that. All sorts of real, they talk about abortion. So it's very real political shit that these, well, the 17-year-old version of them. And 
there's obviously like shenanigans and stuff that ensue too. So super fun, super interesting, and just really cool to see these young kids like step into these roles and see what they learn. And some of it is like some pretty cutthroat shit that they do. But it's also just, I don't know, it's just a cool like political. Seth, I think you would have loved Boy State because you're such a fan of like Big Brother and some of these competition (laughs) shows. It's very much like that. Who do I know? How can I leverage popularity? The documentary is awesome. Highly recommend it. It's like an hour 40. It's not crazy long. And some of the characters in there, I got emotional at a couple of parts in this because um, they, you know, you really get to know some of these guys and root for them and stuff. And so Boy State on Apple Plus is a recommend from me. I know a couple people listening have been to Boy State. And so you'll definitely want to watch it because you'll get, you'll remember kind of what it was like when we were there. I loved this. I, I think other people would like it too. When I went to Boy State in Iowa, I was the attorney general for the state. So it was like the third or so highest position. And I was like crazy proud of that. It was like a meaningful thing because you have to get all these people to like you and vote for you and know who you are. Um, Mm -hmm. What's kind of funny about me getting voted for is I basically, my platform was that I was black because I made my (laughs) entire elect, my entire campaign was just about get them to remember your name because they're they're, Your picture is not on the ballot. Your name is. So I was like, just get them to know your name. And so I just basically name face, name face. And you know, then I won the guy that I beat was like way better qualified than I am for that job, but it wasn't a real job. So who cares? Um, that's actually that's a big part of what got me into giving speeches and got me into comedy and just all of the things that spin out of that and so i loved boy state but this isn't about my boy state experience it's about the documentary two thumbs up recommended on apple plus if this camp thing seems confusing to you they do a better job of explaining it and it's super interesting and pretty fun so i'm gonna recommend that for sure let's go check that one out on the apple and boys Boys. There you go. Boys. Boys I can't believe I missed that. Boys State. Yeah. So Boys State takes place in Texas. We got another movie coming up, Seth, that you saw that uh, has parts of it in Texas as well. I think this is uh, our old pal Matt Damon. Matt Damon. It doesn't. It, you are correct about Matt Damon. It does not take place in Texas, though. That is in uh, Oklahoma and then mostly oh. in uh, France. Oh, France. Oh, oh wee wee. Oh, oh, oh. Oklahoma, where the wind <laughs> Stillwater, starring Matt Damon. His daughter is in jail in France, <laughs> and we're unsure, or I guess they do tell you why. Um, she is accused of murder. Oh, no. And she, she's claiming she is innocent, um, and Matt Damon, she's been in there for, uh, I think, four years after this point of the movie. He comes, it seems like he's there quite often. He comes and visits her for a couple weeks at a time. And this most recent time, she asked him to deliver a letter to her lawyer, basically saying that she is innocent and here's how. I mean, there's there's a person that can help them prove that she's innocent. So that is basically the movie there. The lawyer refuses to help. He is like, you know what? We're going to find this this person. So he's trying to, to prove her um, innocence uh, in, in the movie, ultimately. The movie does kind of have two... I guess two parts almost in a way where it takes kind of a big chunk where he basically spends time with a with a love interest and kind of focuses more on his life for a while of the movie. It's it's about a it's a little over two hour movie, so yeah, right about that halfway point, it kind of switches a little bit to focus more on his life and and his character. I again kind of expectations going into it thought this would be a little bit more of like a a thriller and it's way more of a drama it's it's kind of an exploration of him and uh, also his relationship with his daughter and his past as well and and kind of how everyone got to the the point where they are i did really end up enjoying this movie again because it was more of a drama i i was expecting not quite as 
maybe his emotional moments going into it, thinking that it was going to be more of almost like a taken in a way where I thought it was going to be a little more fast paced and he was going to be beaten ass. But <laughs> again, not a lot of ass beat in this one. His character is really charming as well. He does a great job in this. I've seen a lot of people say it's the best of his career. And again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it up there um, as the best, but he does a really good job. Very believable as this guy from Oklahoma who, you know, may not know culture and, and may not be, the, the most sensitive of people's feelings sometimes. I wouldn't say, like, he's racist or, like, ignorant necessarily in this one, but he's, you know, Midwestern guy who hasn't experienced a ton in life in terms of outside of Oklahoma. So, But he, he generally is a good guy, and, you know, he that comes through with his performance that you just generally kind of are hoping this guy does good and, and you know, good things happen for him. So I really liked it a lot. I like the love story that he has in, in this as well. You know, not the I, – I, definitely way too long. Uh, of a movie i know that's a complaint i have a lot but it gets to the last 30 minutes and it feels like it's another hour of the movie i was still ultimately entertained by the movie but the the it kind of drags for a while at the end the type of like dragging where it's like okay we know how this ends and you've pretty much showed us how this ends so just do it (laughs) and what are you waiting for yeah it just kind of keeps going but still not you know not doesn't make the movie bad by any means. I would say this this is one to check out if you are a fan of Matt Damon or if it's playing on definitely if it's like on playing on TV or Netflix or a streaming service of some kind. Absolutely 100% worth a watch there. I wouldn't rush out to go see it though. I wouldn't say this is something that's a, an immediate immediate watch by any means. I wouldn't pay the 20 bucks probably on a streaming service, but if it gets down to the $7 or not streaming service but a VOD. If it gets down to the $7 rental perfect i think that's that's a good good amount to pay for it or if uh, it gets on streaming service like netflix or hbo throw it on but i had a good time with it still water it's got matt damon that one's in the theater now so go check that one out if you want to see some oklahoman slash french escapades you can check that out <laughs> let's get to a couple movies that we all saw and this is increasingly rare that we've all seen a movie mostly that's my fault but i'm excited to talk <laughs> about these these last two movies one of which, and Jared, why don't you set this one up for us? Because I know you caught an early screening of this one. Looking at uh, the, the newest offering from the Disneyland Rides saga. Uh, yes, the RCU, the Rides Cinematic Universe. Um, <laughs> we have the cruising through the jungle, people. It's Jungle Cruise. We have Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Emily Blunt. <sighs> And they are going through <laughs> the jungle, having a great adventure and whatnot. Um, I kind of gave a little bit of my, you know, my my thoughts what last week or whatever. Um, it does feel like you know this kind of fun summer riding down a river, you know, fun dynamic between the two kind of adventure. Riding down a river, riding down a river, going to find Arrowhead, gonna get <laughs> some fruit. We gonna solve... Get some head. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. I don't know. I mean, this was a fun movie. I think the chemistry between Emily Blunt and The Rock worked really, really well. It does have some, you know, Disney charm to it, some fun uh, kind of villains here or there, some sequences that they get into, obviously the puns. I've never actually been on the Jungle Cruise ride. Have either of you guys been on that? Never been to Disney. No, so... uh, I guess the puns were appreciated on my part, but uh, I've never experienced them firsthand. I had a good time. It was a fun movie. I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are. I'm probably too high on this. I had... Too much Blunt? What? I might have had too much Emily Blunt uh, for this movie. It was... 
<laughs> had such a fun time at this I had too movie. much Dwayne was... Johnson for the movie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was smiling the entire movie. It, the whole thing was fun. I, I loved The Rock. His his charisma was was just perfect. Emily Blunt is kind of this Indiana Jones type character. I was loving that whole vibe, and she's super confident. Jack Whitehall, who he's he's been in some things overseas. He's big uh, in Britain. He's a big comic, and he does some things over there. Oy, if governor. this is his introduction to American audiences, I think he'll be well received because I, I really enjoyed him in this as the kind of the comic relief. Some of the villains and things were a little flat for me, but ultimately it's about The Rock and and Emily Blunt, and they were amazing in this. I, I think it looked cool. I think it was interesting. It felt different, even though you know it was. A lot of it was very tropey. The puns I loved. I was. I wish I had my soundboard in there. I would just been. <laughs> the whole time. I was laughing out loud, cackling at a couple of the puns. And I know it was. A, there was a lot of people in my theater, and I know I was the only one laughing at some of them. I was so there for the puns. This was just like, especially if you have a family, like a, a family, and you want to take them to a movie. I promise you, they will have fun in this. I enjoyed this so so much. I'll probably watch it again. It, you know what it felt? It felt kind of like Jumanji to me. Yeah. I, I went in with, with middling expectations and honestly was blown away at how much fun I had with it. So there there's sequel talks happening, and I hope they get another one. I, I enjoyed yeah. this a lot. I, Seth, were you, were you that high on it, or did you have a fun time? Yeah, I mean, not as high as you, it seems like, but I, I did have a good time with it. I enjoyed it. The puns, as soon as he started doing those, I'm like, yeah, Cody's going to love this. Mm-hmm. Goddamn right. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I like The Rock a lot. He, he almost had like a, you know, like The Rock, like his wrestling persona through some of the movie with just the, his, his, the way he, his mannerisms and confidence and cockiness and shit like that. So I like that, and, and Emily Blunt was great. Yeah, Indiana Jones vibes, for sure. The, I loved the, the tiger that he had in that. I enjoyed their uh, their little shtick that they had. The supernatural stuff going on was a little weird. <laughs> the some of like the I guess mm-hmm. like there's some supernatural type villains that kind of pop out through some of the movie, and I thought those were a little strange. But overall, like yeah, I wasn't like it didn't it, none of that was like bad. I didn't think the movie was bad by any means or anything like that. Fun time. I'd watch another. I enjoyed it. I I have a question for those supernatural elements, essentially like the Honey Man and the the Mud Man. Were there subtitles? I, I didn't see so. them. Okay, so th- we weren't supposed to understand anything they were saying. <laughs> no. Okay. No, they were all garbled up. Okay. I mean, I'm sure they had like they you know they probably said I'm gonna eat this guy, but it wasn't like plot. The the guy covered in honey wasn't given a lot of plot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Honey, man. I thought he was he was pivotal yeah. to the to the story. And say a lot of the videos I watch with people covered in honey is it's usually the person covered in honey is the main attraction. Give me what I want. <laughs> Last thing I'll say on Jungle Cruise had a blast. I had to choose between seeing this in IMAX 2D or in uh, regular size screen and 3D. I chose the IMAX 2D because I'm a sound over picture guy. This would be very fun in 3D. There's some there's some scenes that look specifically made for 3D. I think it would be a blast. I'm I'm considering going again to watch it in 3D. So if you're a 3D person, this is one where you're gonna get your extra couple bucks worth out of it, unless you are afraid of snakes and spiders. This is your trigger warning. There are a fuckload of snakes <laughs> and a fuckload of spiders in this movie. And I I didn't have a panic. They were CG'd enough that I didn't. They they were fake enough looking that it didn't give me a panic attack. But there were a shitload of snakes and spiders. So like be aware of that going in. They're in a jungle. So but the 3D I think would be a super fun time. I really do. Jungle Cruise is out now. You can go check it in the theaters or this is on Disney Plus I believe as well with that premiere it is. access. So you can check it out. 
at home. I think, Jared, would you agree, 30 bucks, especially if you got, you know, a f- small family at home, I th- definitely worth the 30 if, yeah. to watch at home. Yeah, I think the family will, like you said, they'll they'll enjoy it. Plus, if you want to watch it again, you know it's right there for you. Love that. Jungle Cruise getting the thumbs up. And, and this last movie of ours is going to get a thumbs up as well. I'm going to say before we even start, guys, about this next one. Guys, it's all my top movies of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've already talked about A24. They bring us The Green Knight, and this stars Dev Patel. It's a retelling of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, which is an old Arthurian folktale. I don't know if you remember this, Seth. And Jared, I don't know if you guys did this. I We read this story in yep. middle school. Yep. And I remembered parts of it, but not all of it. What they do here is they take this folk story. It's hard for me really to describe kind of what they put over it. Like, there's a there's a grittiness to it, but it's not... Maybe it's, maybe it's that there's a darkness to it, but not gritty. Like, I, I want to call it gritty, but it doesn't feel like that's the word. They, they, they give you some darkness. They give you some drama here. And essentially, Dev Patel's Garwin, they changed the name from Gawain to Garwin, he is basically forced onto this quest. He's got to travel a, along this large distance and go meet the Green Knight. And how that comes together, I think, is really interesting. And, and I really like the folk tale here. Stylistically, this fascinated me. Like, there is... Every shot but one in this movie <laughs> is a painting, and mm-hmm. it was, oh no, it that one was so a painting. Cool. Well, <laughs> not a painting I would buy. Uh, <laughs> the video you're watching. Yeah, there was a there was a lot. I think Dev Patel is is really good here. He's given a chance to act with his his face and not with his his voice, mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. he does that super super well. He's really an excellent fucking actor the parts of this that were cg created were done so impeccably well and this was not a huge budget i think it was like 15 million bucks so this just all came together in a perfect way for me there's an interesting quest i want to root for this guy the acting is amazing the look is great the feel is unique i haven't i don't have a list running for top movies of the year actually so far i would have a hard time not putting this in my top five or so based on what i've seen i really 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 liked this and I don't always like A24 movies, but this one stuck out to me. Are you guys as high as me on that, or am I am I crazy that in saying that this was amazing? I thought it was the worst movie I've seen, though. No. Yeah, oh, I okay. agree. Poop. Um, you're gonna no. Get <laughs> I agree with you. I mean, the thing that struck me the most was probably the, the cinematography and some of the shots in this thing. It was, like you said, it, it doesn't look like it has had an insane budget, but it also was just so... Like they, you could tell they used a lot. At least that's what I thought. You could tell they used a lot of practical stuff. I think mm-hmm. um, they, they used a lot of like the locations that they were in, and and a lot with different lighting and things like that that made it look probably more expensive than it was. There are some obvious CG stuff, but man, it's it, the colors and the the stuff that is like the, there's there's some close up shots of the Green Knight, and it you can tell it's practical. And it's just like, how the fuck did they do that? Yeah. It's it, it's so cool. Easily one of the, probably the most gorgeous movies that I've seen in a long time. The story itself, I think, is one that I might need to, to watch again. I have kind of since like, read and watched some stuff to kind of maybe put some things together. Because it isn't a movie that I think gives you everything. Um, it's, it's one that you have to think about afterwards or you know maybe spend some time even maybe not even figuring it out but just thinking through some things um i want to i wouldn't say like i was ever bored or anything like that in it but there's definitely some long drawn out shots in the movie so if you're not a fan of slow burns i don't know if you'll enjoy this one 
you're not a fan of the kind of the, the weird A24 style, I don't know if you'll enjoy this one, but I did enjoy it a lot. Like you said, Cody, Deb Patel is great. Alicia Vikander is very good in her uh, roles. <laughs> if you're coming in to expect that story of uh, Gwen in the, in the Green Knight, it's not, doesn't really follow that 100%. Um, some liberties are taken, but it definitely is. It, it's an interesting journey of, of a dude who's kind of going through some trials. So if you're, I mean, I think you, you won't hate it. If you're a fan of like the Arthurian storytelling, you won't hate the changes, I don't think, but just expect something different. But I enjoyed it too. And I, I think I, I do want to try it out again when it comes on, on video after I've seen some of the, and read some of the stuff afterwards. Yeah, I'm pretty much there with uh, with what you guys said. I mean, I, I had said in my review that this was by far the most gorgeous-looking film of the year so far, and it's crazy that, again, you know, $15 million, it's like, well, wh- where'd you do it? Did you just go buy a bunch of lights? And that's what you did, where it's like, okay, we're going to use mm-hmm. three lights for this scene, four lights for this scene, because that's the way they, they do a great job of really playing with, you know, maybe some dingy darkness to set the mood or tone, and then really kind of, you know, colorful, bright lighting when he's walking through, like, a forest or mm-hmm. in into like a house or maybe when the green knight shows up and whatnot. I thought that the one thing that really worked for myself, which I almost snapped out of it, was it's it's show, not tell. It's a lot mm-hmm. of him going on this adventure, again, these trials, and just this adventurous, epic, fairy tale esque music playing in the background. And I just was so enthralled and like in the movie that I, again, like, you know, I snapped out of it. And I'm like, no one has said a word in like 15 or 20 minutes yeah and i love it and that mm-hmm. that i think the thing is it, it's almost a kind of a break from you know mainstream type movies that we've been getting you know a24 is very much doing their own thing and that's one thing that's i think a pro for myself but definitely can be a con for a lot of other people because through kind of uh comments and stuff on tiktok a lot of people are saying this was their worst movie of the year because it wasn't the, this, you know, action-heavy epic movie. Spoilers, people. That's not what A24 does, and that's what not... It, this movie is one man going on a journey, mm. self-discovery on a trial to kind of, you know, meet this Green Knight. Again, I think, Seth, I'm right there with you, where there's definitely some things that you have to think about, some things you might have to read into, through sprinkled throughout the whole movie. Um, but the way that it ended in such a unique way felt very mm-hmm. satisfying for myself so yeah uh green knight I, probably top five maybe top three of the year so far yes i'm so glad i'm not the only one on this i was i was sitting in in the middle of this movie i was like i'm pretty sure this movie is incredible i'm not certain <laughs> yet. <laughs> i think so it's I'm good glad. question mark it's so good the, and the supporting cast you mentioned alicia vikander um sean harris is here as king arthur who's i loved his take on king arthur mm-hmm. barry kilgan I, I don't i'm probably not saying that right he plays the scavenger in this and he was in american animals another one of my favorite movies and at least i think that was him yeah he is awesome. He is so good in this and everything I see him in. Aaron Kellerman, who we saw in Falcon and Winter Soldier this year, uh, is in mm. this as well in a, a, a shorter part. So I Joel Edgerton is awesome. Joel Edgerton is in there. He's got an interesting part. I, I liked his section. This is awesome. It's you talk about Jared. That self discovery motif is is so I think present here, and I was on board with him, like having that same experience and so this is super super fun high recommend be warned going in you know tonally you're gonna need to settle into this but if you can there's there's big benefit to be gained from from the green knight so it's getting thumbs up 
from all of us here and uh, pretty high praise from the socially constipated crew over here. So go see The Green Knight, see Jungle Cruise as well. Stillwater and Pig also in theaters. And then Boy State is out there on Apple TV Plus now. So those things are out there to review from last weekend. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. And we're gonna look forward to what's coming up this weekend, including at least one super highly anticipated one. Jared, what do we got coming soon here? It's coming right for us! All right, so people, you're listening today. There's a handful of movies in the movie theaters on streaming and VOD. We have the big one that I think us three are all looking forward to, The Suicide Squad. I guess a, a, a sequel of some sort to the 2016 version. Again, I don't know. We haven't seen it. Spoiler, people. But this looks like a lot of fun. Comic book, James Gunn, big action, some ridiculous characters. I will be watching this for sure. There's another one that's in movie theaters limited right now. It's called Annette, and it will be coming to Amazon Prime in a couple weeks, but it's like Adam Driver. Oh, gosh, what's her name? Uh, Marion, is it Marion Cotillard? Cotillard, yeah. Cotillard, there we go. Thank you. And... I went into this knowing nothing. I've already seen this, and it is a drama, musical, borderline rock opera. It is bonkers, people. I'll have a full review in a couple weeks, but it is bonkers. And then two movies that we actually, uh, Seth and I think, we watched over a Sundance and South by Southwest. One called John and the Hole, where a young shit kid throws his family in a hole there's a lot to it, I guess, um, or maybe that's it. But then there's this other fun one called Swan Song, and it's essentially this old kind of retired gay hairdresser, and it's his kind of road to redemption, one final hurrah, and it's absolutely lovely. I'll talk about it more next week. So that is what you can see this weekend, peoples. It's coming right for us! Thank you, JB, for getting us set up. Uh, we'll have reviews for those things next week, so come on back to hear them. You know what that means. We're just about wrapped up with this show. But before we go, I'm going to leave you with one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. This weekend was the first time, and it happened at Jungle Cruise and in The Green Knight. My theaters were like pre-pandemic full. Like I wasn't sitting next to people, and I usually sit way up in front, so there's usually not a lot of people right around me. But the whole gallery behind me was pretty full. And I just really missed that. And, and I hope that we continue to improve on COVID and not go backwards because it's so fun to just, you know, on a Friday night, you know, be in there and laugh at the rocks joke and a bunch of people behind you are laughing too. Or yeah, you deal with a little bit of noise and, and that certainly upsets me. But like being a part of that experience with a lot of people is something I had missed a lot and was really happy to experience again. So I go get your shots or whatever it is you need to do. Wear your mask if you need to, because I don't want to give that up again. I just had so much fun being in a full theater it wasn't fun waiting for my concessions, but besides that, very, very fun experience. And it took a while here in Oregon, but it feels like feels like we're there, hopefully for good. There you go. Um, my one more thing is just an interesting thing that's kind of happened the last few days. So, you know, everyone has internet problems here or there. You know, maybe your internet's out, maybe it's a little slow. And just something weird was happening where it was slow slash not working slash usually it takes me five minutes to upload a video to youtube it took two hours and 30 minutes that's how slow our internet was for like three days 
So we called them. They said there was no outages or anything. Ran a speed test, and we had like 20 megabytes um, download and then like one upload, which again, some people might, that might make sense to you or whatever. But remember those numbers. Remember those numbers, excuse me, 20 and 1. So T-Buck messed around with some stuff, moved like the modem and router to like where all of it is hooked up in the storage room. And I was like, okay, we'll see if this works. I mean, it's further away from my computer. It's further away from everything. Ran a speed test. It is now 250 download (laughs) and 25 upload. So we were probably not getting the usage out of our internet that we were paying for for a couple years. (laughs) So um, people out there, if you're complaining about your internet, maybe move things around a little bit. That's weird that just... That's yeah. moving it like and, that. That's and it strange. improved by that much. Mm-hmm. That's fucking wild. What's that, like 10, 12 times the download and, and 25 times the upload yeah. speed? That's fucking insane. So, uh, people, I am downloading everything right now. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> You're going to be, all kinds of videos are going to the end. I am busy. Oh, wow. Can't wait for that. Boys. My one more thing is a plead. I'm pleading to Sony to allow mcdonald's to release the the mcdonald's uh dual sense or the mcdual sense controller for playstation 5 there's uh in australia they were going to be releasing some limited edition mcdonald's playstation 5 controllers unfortunately that was blocked by sony because people were didn't didn't think that uh the controller looked too cool and i gotta tell you i want to play it with a controller that has fries and a burger on it and so, Sony, I need you to not only allow this in Australia, but also allow this in the United States. I've been a long-time PlayStation guy. I've owned every single console. I've owned multiple of your controllers. And I can tell you right now, I'd buy multiple McDonald's controllers <laughs> if you allowed. So, please, Sony. Please. 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 Please, show me your dick! I don't know if that's what you were trying to get your pleas out of. I think this is dope. You don't need enough McDonald's, Seth. Uh, no, If but... you get more McDonald's, we'd have this by now. Dude, it's not about the McDonald's. McDonald's. And it's not about the McDonald's. It's about that there's burgers and fries on this controller. Yeah. I, I'm loving the design. Again, people might have to look it up. Um, burgers and fries. I, I think they really messed up, though. You got to make those shoulder buttons McNuggets. <laughs> Holy shit. That would actually yeah, be Yeah, you do. Yeah. Wow. I think this is cool too. I'm not. I wouldn't buy one, but if it was in a Happy Meal, I'd go get a Happy Meal. That's for sure. Oh, that'd be expensive. Fucking Happy Meal. Those <laughs> things are seventy bucks. <laughs> it looks like a very mediocre Photoshop job, honestly. Like this was an early rendering, and apparently it was released on accident. The photos. This was like way early stages, and it was never going to happen. But now that people are seeing it, maybe maybe there'll be enough buzz to uh, to get them to actually release it. So, you heard it here. McDonald's PlayStation. Give me what I want. We gotta exactly. get this new controller. I think Taco Bell should come out and say, like, you know what, we're doing one, and then they have like they have an enchilada on one Dude. side, and then you have the little yeah. Chihuahua on one side. Mm. Bring him back. Yep. There's a little flip switch in the middle that you know how the like the Mad Cats had a turbo mode, but this is volcano mode. <laughs> oh jeez, well, you're gonna go into volcano mode if you eat too much Taco Bell. <laughs> Fast food and PlayStation interacting. The McDonald's controller. We got super boosted internet speed for JB. Watch out for all the sexy videos he's posting. And uh, we got full movie theaters finally here in Oregon. So that's what we had for one more thing this week. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. 
nothing. And it's time for us to get you off to your weekend, give you a lot of movies uh, recommended to watch this weekend, uh, more to look forward to. Of course, we're going to be reviewing those next week. A couple of stories to debate, uh, and of course, yet another fun edition of the second draft. Uh, so hope you enjoyed this episode of The Outhouse. Don't forget to go check out our website, sociallyconstipatedpod.com. For everything related to Socially Constipated, don't forget to comment on the episodes. Go find our social media profiles and like those as well. Uh, you don't want to miss out on anything that we're putting out. So thanks again for joining us, and thank you to my co-hosts as always, Jared Buckendall and Seth Ott. I have been Cody Michael, and we will see you next time. Bye.